Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. We are live from Rivers Casino. And Joe, I think it's safe to say there's not a lot of positives right now if you're the Flyers. Uh, They have more injuries since the last time we talked on this podcast. They have more losses since the last time we talked on this podcast. Seven straight now, 0-5-2 in their last seven. And Joe... I hate to say it, and it probably doesn't sound well to Flyers fans, but it's just starting to feel more and more like last year. Would you agree? Uh, it definitely is, and I was just going to say that. It, it's. I mentioned last week on the pod that there's the coach has been changed. The standard or culture, I know John Tortorella doesn't like that word, that has been seemingly changed. You have a lot of players on this team, though, that were part of those – 10 game winless streaks last year though. And you can't just take that out of the DNA of them as players and what they've gone through in their careers. And it's human nature to see like, to say, here we go again. And I think you're seeing a lot of that kind of stuff um, creep into these games because you, he, the other things you're starting to see that are similar to similar to last year's games are snowballing on them. You, you, get a goal and give another one up right away. So you, you take momentum and then you not only do you not capitalize on it, but you just give it right back. Like it wasn't even there in the first place. So what I'm referring to is two goal leads. You cut it to one and give it right back to two right away, which we've seen happen several times over these seven games. And, um, you know, it's, it's, um, the injury situation, nobody likes to, and no coach or player, is going to sit there and say, well, the reason we're losing is injuries. And I'm not, believe me, I'm not suggesting the only reason they're losing is injuries, but what I am suggesting is they had to send out the injury updates on two separate press releases today. That's how many updates there were to give on one day. Yeah. So it is a big deal. And when you look at the guys that are getting injured, the Scott Lawtons, the Travis Konechnies, earlier in the season, the James Van Riemsdykes, these are veteran players they're veteran players that ha- have influence on that locker room. They're not there. So now it's you're relying more and more and more on the youth. And even saw John Tortorella say it last night. He was quick to point out on the one goal that a 27-year-old didn't back up the play. And another go- on the other goal, a guy that's a veteran of a bunch of NHL games didn't back up the play. So he wanted to make clear that it wasn't all about the youth because – everyone's questions are about the youth because there's so many young guys that probably are not ready to play in this league 
that are not only playing, but they're in major roles. I mean, we saw Morgan Frost play on the first line the other night. I don't think anyone would argue that Morgan Frost is ready to play first-line center minutes, but he was the other night. And it's out of necessity, and that's where this team is right now. So they're in a bad way in more ways than one, and it appears for at least the next two weeks you're going to have veterans like Lawton and Konechny and, you know, I mean, Wade Allison's not a veteran, but he's played a lot of games. And more importantly with Wade Allison is he is a guy that injects energy into this lineup and he's going to be out a good amount longer. So there's some, there's multiple reasons that this team is in a bad way right now. That said, one win changes the whole uh, mojo. The problem is you're playing the Capitals who haven't been playing up to their standard this year. And you're playing the Penguins who haven't been playing up to their standard this year. And then you're playing the Islanders who I feel like this Islanders team has just been a thorn in the Flyers side ever since the bubble when they lost to them in the playoffs up in Toronto. And the injuries aren't just forcing youth into the line. It's it's forcing guys that are older, but they don't have a ton of games of experience because Quite frankly, they're fringe NHL players. They're guys that have been between the AHL and the NHL. So it's not even like the Flyers are um, littered with young guys. They're littered with inexperience. And that's just an indictment on the injuries and, and where and where they stand from a, a talent standpoint in, in the organization. Uh, I, I think just to, to follow up on that, like Zach McEwen's playing power play minutes. Right. I'm pretty sure Zach McEwen never thought about power play minutes, let alone lobbied for them or expected them before a few weeks ago. Right. Or I, I, maybe say last year before the Flyers signed him because it, it's been kind of a thin situation. But still, these are this is not – Zach McEwen's bread and butter is not playing on the power play. Yeah. It just isn't. Now, I'm not – believe me, his offensive production this year – you know, you never could have predicted this, but I think one time last night I looked up and had Farabee was out there playing with McEwen and Delorier. And I'm thinking this is where they are. Yeah. I mean, you have two ideally checking line players playing with perhaps the best scorer on the team. And that's, it's, it just shows you where this team is right now. Yeah. In Monday's loss to the flames, 10 of the flyers, 12 forwards, had under 200 games of NHL experience. A lot of those guys aren't young. They're just guys that have literally battled for roles and careers in, in, in the NHL. Patrick Brown's not young. Zach McEwen's not particularly young. Lucas Sedlak, not very young. Uh, Max, Max Willman, not the youngest guy in the world. But these are guys that, again, are, in, in many eyes, fourth-line players, fringe guys, guys that are going to be fighting for jobs. There's nothing wrong with their effort or their attitude. They're just not there from a talent standpoint. And uh, that just shows you how hurt the Flyers are. Travis Konechny is going to miss approximately 10 to 14 days with an upper body injury. Scott Lawton's going to be out approximately two weeks. So they are missing six forwards and important guys. They're not just role players. They're important guys. Joe, we really thought this team would struggle to score goals this year from the start of the year. We, we knew offense was going to be our problem, that they were going to have to hang their hat on effort, defense, and Carter Hart. Well, now they're six guys down from that outlook. It just looks like they're really going to struggle to stay in games. And it's scary because it's reminding you of last year 
a year in which they lost 13 straight at one point, 10 straight at one point. And it makes you start to think lottery and next season. And that's bad because we're only in November. But I think that's just the case. That's just where they are from an injury standpoint, a talent standpoint, and really just inexperience. Well, and, and if you to take that another step, there was a sizable portion of the fan base that was already in the lottery mindset before the season started because Connor Bedard all, I mean, you watch the guy in the clips and everything you see, this is a franchise changing player that is more than most likely the number one pick. So that gets you kind of excited because you hear him start to be compared to guys like McDavid and guys that will change your whole franchise. That doesn't change the here and now though. Yeah. And the here and now is this is tough to watch. They don't score. Games are starting to snowball on them. I mean, early in the season, they were kind of, I don't want to say you got complacent and thinking, oh, they're down 2 nothing. They can come back from this because they did it, what, four times in a row in the first two weeks of the season? Yeah. But now it's like you get it last night and it's 2-1 or 2 nothing, and you're like, I don't know. Yeah, they don't, have, they don't have guys to get The, the whole feel guys, of yeah. every game changed because yeah. they don't have the guys to do that. They don't have the guys. And it's not like the guys they had before were superstar players. It's just they were NHL players. Yeah. And it got me thinking back to last year, if you remember, like the one of the bright spots was that run that Jerry Mayhew went on. And then the Flyers traded him to the Ducks. Yeah. And so it's and and now it's you know out Jerry Mayhew and just pick your other guy Zach McEwen has the three goals or uh, you know unexpected guy after unexpected guy and the Flyers are relying on these guys. It's not like it's a bonus because it's not a bonus. Yeah. At the beginning of the season, if you would have said Zach McEwen's going to chip in on scoring, that would be a bonus. Right now, it's not a bonus. It's being relied on, and that's the big difference with the whole feel of this team in these games. Yeah, right now they have four guys that were waiver claims in their lineup over the last two years. Patrick Brown, Zach McEwen, Kiefer Bellows, and I feel like I'm missing one, Lucas Sedlak. Uh, waiver claims. like These guys are waiver claims because they're trying to go to the AHL in their previous organization, and and obviously they're available to get plucked, but they're trying – like those their previous teams were sending them to the AHL. Again, not trying to knock those guys. I think they're all no, quality individuals. All four of those guys you just mentioned have had bright spots. I mean, right. I know when Lucas Sedlak came aboard, Scott Hartnell played with him and mentioned this guy's a hardworking player. And we've talked on pregame yes. about is he isn't he like the ideal Tortorella player because of his work ethic? Right. He might be the ideal player. He's not ideal to play on the top six forwards. Right. He's ideal for your third line, fourth line. Those are ideal. So it's an ideal player, not an ideal position for that player to be in because these guys haven't been relied on to score in any point in their careers. No, they're meant to be role players and they're good role players, important guys. Like I thought Zach McEwen going into this year could be a very valuable fourth liner. Patrick Brown, I think does a lot of good fourth line things. Sedlax looks good. Um, And Kiefer Bellows has a ton of potential, but they right now they are meant to play roles and they're playing out of position because of the injuries and, I'm not even sure where the Flyers go to work around these injuries. It's going to be tough. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. 
Opioid addiction is a national public health crisis. The Someone You Know podcast from the Independence Blue Cross Foundation offers inspiring stories that challenge stigma, offer hope, and humanizes the disease of addiction. Download the new season three of Someone You Know on all major podcast platforms. Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports book. Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, Joe, we have Thanksgiving coming up, and it's a real busy time for the Flyers, who are trying to not have a losing streak, go to 10 games. It's not going to be easy to avoid that. They have three games in four days, one on Wednesday. Then they have Thanksgiving off. They had that, obviously, the, a very popular Black Friday game against the Penguins at home. And then they head, uh, head out on the road to face the Islanders on Saturday. A very tough stretch. But if there's one thing to be positive about or be thankful for around Thanksgiving, if you're a Flyers fan, who would, who would it be or what would it be, Joe? Well, I, I'm going to say John Tortorella. And part of this is selfishly because of what I do for a living, <laughs> uh, producing the pre- and post-game shows. I mean, he makes it interesting. He's made the team... Um, because I feel like you're as you watch the games now, you're like, oh, he's not going to like that shift. Is that guy going to get benched? And it kind of keeps you on your toes about what's going to happen with the team. I'm not saying we're rooting for players to get benched, right. but but how will he react to this? How will he react to that? And then the postgame press conferences are clearly entertaining, win or lose. Um, you know, so that would be what I'm thankful for because it's it, it is a much needed pulse where there wasn't much of one really for the last two seasons, because when they were playing bad, there wasn't a reason to um, stick around. There was, there was plenty of reasons for apathy. And I think that's the old saying is that's actually worse, right? You know, is apathy is worse than anger. And I think this city responds to seeing when a coach is angry and uh, and then they look for the response. So the, I would say I'm thankful for what he's brought to the organization in terms of a um, uh, of making the product interesting and kind of providing or at least carving out a direction that he wants to go with this team. Absolutely. John Torello feels like the face of the organization right now. And that's positive because your head coach isn't always that. And at least they have a head coach, you know, at the, at, you know, at one of the most important things in hockey, obviously, is the head coach, the guy behind the bench who's, uh, you know, leading the charge. And at least I think they have that right now in house, a guy that's going to get more out of less. He's known to get more out of less. Uh, he's known to be put in tough spots. He's never had the most talented rosters. He's never had the best situations. He's very well known for kind of building the foundation and, and restarting teams. Uh, so you have John Torello who's done that, and I think that's a real positive for the Flyers, and he is certainly entertaining. There's never a dull day. Whenever people ask me, you know, how's Torts been? I say never a dull day. It's it's always entertaining around him. So for us media members, I think for fans as well, uh, selfishly, he is at least entertaining. Uh, and Joe, I think, you know, a lot of credit goes to him for at least having them in a decent spot amid a seven-game losing streak. They are 7-8-4. and four. It could be a lot worse. But they started seven three and two because I think they had a head coach that uh, started to form an identity early in the season, got guys to play hard, 
and and got them off to a nice start. But I will say three zero and zero and seven three and two feels like forever ago. Well, and and two, we've talked about this on this podcast. I know we the, the discussion's been had on Flyers pre and post game, and eventually the talent gap between you and the other teams is going to show up, and that was without all the injuries. With all these injuries, it's just hard to overcome that. I mean, you you look at the other night against Montreal in the overtime, they, they're putting out Nick Suzuki and, and Cole Caulfield. And those two players, they really have a, they have a better chance to score a goal than anybody that was active for the Flyers that night. I mean, after the, the injury, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Lawton injury in that game. But you're, you're fighting an uphill battle and not like a, this uphill battle, a, this uphill battle. And that's before the game starts. And, the talent. There's a reason the, ta- the, the the top end talent get paid what they do, and that's because they're better than the majority of the players. And the Flyers are just right now. As simple as this sounds, they're playing a lot of teams that have more good players than they do, and that's that's not going to change. Washington, Pittsburgh, Islanders. Uh, I would say the Islanders are the most similar kind of team that they're going to face coming up, because. You know, you don't have 50 goal scorers on the Islanders, but they're the team they've had the most trouble with in the past two years. So uh, it's not going to be easy to get out of this this losing streak and kind of turn things in a better direction. And what makes me feel that this year is a little different than last season, even though injuries are catching up? The injuries hit last year a little later. Ryan Ellis obviously went out after four games, uh, and that was a damaging loss. But they had bigger ones come up later, Sean Couturier in December. Uh, being one of them. Hayes came back, but then was out for a large uh, chunk of time. And when he came back, the season was already done with. So I feel like the injuries, at least right now, are hitting early. And a lot of them aren't long-term. You know, the Konechny, the Lawtons, those are a couple of weeks. JVR's getting closer. He could be early to mid-December. So if the Flyers can somewhat stay afloat, get a big win here or there, feel like you, you steal one against a divisional team, you kind of stem the tide a little bit and you can keep yourself at least in it and, and relevant. And then you get some guys back. So I feel like it's not as daunting as last season, but uh, it's still starting to feel like it with illusion streak that's growing and injuries that are piling. That's, those are the two things that are scary. Joe, for me, I would say what I'm thankful for. If I'm a Flyers fan, it would be Owen Tippett. Owen Tippett is a guy that was in a huge trade last season, a franchise altering trade when the Flyers dealt Claude Giroux away at the March deadline, the one player the Flyers got back, the key player, was Owen Tippett. And a lot of people um, felt like there was upside there, felt like he could be a guy that could be a part of their youth movement moving forward. And I think he looks like one of their best players. And he's only 23. Uh, six goals, uh, 10 points in 14 games. He was out with a head injury for a little while. But uh, I, I think you can at least say there's something there. There looks like there's something there with a young player. Uh, and right now, the Flyers have to look for those silver linings. Who are young players that look like they could be a part of this moving forward? And to me, Tippett is showing signs. I'm not sure what type of player he is yet, but he's showing signs. And that's one thing I think you can, uh, if you're the Flyers, point out and say, hey, that's a positive. So if when you look at his game, he has the thing that this team lacks, uh, speed. Yeah. And he's got a good shot. Yeah. And I'll just point out that the other night when he scored the goal off the faceoff, if you looked at what he did, it was almost like he channeled some of Claude Giroux, which was interesting because he came down to the faceoff circle with his 
like backhand, like he was going to sweep the puck backwards. And then at the last second changed it and did the shot and caught guys sleeping. And that's the kind of stuff that Giroux would use, used to do where we would say, now that's just a, an intelligent player, a player that recognizes a situation and recognizes quite frankly, that his team needs a lift and makes a play like that. Um, so I was impressed by that. And overall, like the other goal that he scored in that game, you know, he pulls the puck back, like he drags it back to the middle a little bit and shoots it between the defenseman's legs and uses them as a screen. I mean, these are things that intelligent guys with good high hockey IQ, these are plays that they make. And I don't think the Flyers have enough of those guys right now because they're like the learning curve for some of these guys has been accelerated to the point where they've skipped over a lot of steps, quite frankly. And they're in the NHL when, you know, it's like a little kid getting thrown into a deep end of a pool and he hasn't learned how to like doggy paddle yet. So, you know, um, it's, they need guys with hockey IQ. And I think Owen Tippett's brought that and much more to this team. And um, really a guy that they can look to and say, we need a play like he did with that face off the other night. That was a play that team needed um, at that time. And I think he can certainly bring that. Yeah. And I think the real positive is he's doing it in a lineup that's decimated. Sometimes you see young players, they have to play with talented guys, you know, when the lineup's full and that's when they stand out, he's doing it when he's looked upon and relied upon as like, Hey, be one of our guys, go out there make plays, score goals, and then he's doing that. So that's a real positive is that he's showing signs of being like a top six guy, not like a third line complimentary player. He looks like he could be a major piece. Uh, and I think the Flyers have to be thankful for uh, Joe is Carter Hart and Ned. Uh, he hasn't been the same guy that's bailing them out, but uh, at least he's healthy at the most important position and he's keeping them in games. And I think he's going to give them a chance more often than not if he's healthy and, and the Flyers are at least somewhat helping him. I think so, too. Um and I was really we, – we haven't heard a ton from Carter this year. I feel like he hasn't talked to the media as much as he normally does. But last night we saw after the game, and he was very – his demeanor always is very telling to me. And it was a very confident, like, yeah, just a few bad bounces if we did this. But it wasn't down on your luck, Carter, which we have seen. And that's concerning. Two years ago it was very concerning, and we saw it a lot. We haven't seen it from him since, and I think that's very uh, telling. Um, and again, he's doing this with a decimated lineup. Not necessarily that the defense core is decimated so much, but th this team doesn't have a lot of forwards right now that you would say that the defensive part of their game is a strong suit. And um, that's typical of a, of a team that's playing a bunch of young players because – Defense is not generally the first thing that comes along with a young player. It, that's usually what comes along as you learn more. And I think this team right now has a lot of young guys that have a lot to learn in terms of the defensive side of the game. And, you know, Carter has stood tall in many cases this year. And um, we're, while we're talking about the injuries, I should bring up, we did, we showed a stat the other night on um, pregame that um, someone put out there, Games since team games since the last healthy game, healthy game, meaning nobody out with injury, nobody out sick, nobody out. And the Flyers were 67 games ahead of the next team in the NHL oh. in the number one spot. That was 
in entering Saturday's game. So that was 333. So now it's been 335 games since the last time they played a healthy roster. Now, Brian Ellis has missed, you know, what has he played? Four games since he's done with his career. Yep. So um, that takes you out of the mix there generally. But it most of the time, let's be honest, it hasn't just been about Ryan Ellis. It's been about multiple other injuries and key spots on this team. Yeah, it's okay to admit sometimes when the teams just deal with misfortune. Like, it's just, you know, like how injuries are so out of your control. Like, that's the one thing you really can't control for the most part. And the um, Scott Lawton injury the other night is a perfect example. I yeah. mean, how many times has Scott Lawton gotten checked where he's cu- hit the ice and his head doesn't hit the ice and he's totally fine. But the other night that happens and, you know, and uh, we don't know the severity of it. It didn't look good going off, especially that guy. He's as tough as it comes. Yep. And to see him go off like that, it's just it's not good. Yep. And, you know, we know he's out two weeks at least. So, um, yeah, that's that's the kind of thing that's out of your control. And I know f- fans are probably tired of hearing about injuries. I mean, I know I'm tired of, of writing about them. Uh, we've talked about injuries ad nauseum over the past two years. Uh, but the reality is the Flyers are dealing with a lot of them. And they need to get through this stretch here uh, and not let it spiral. I think that's the big thing here is last year they let things spiral. And it made that season depressing. Uh, fans lost complete hope. They brought in John Torella to stabilize. And so they didn't have to be a Stanley Cup contender. They didn't even have to be a playoff team. The goal was to stabilize and not let things spiral. I think that's the challenge here is keep this at least somewhat on the tracks where they can stay relevant and have fans coming back, Joe. I think that's the real challenge. Uh, And you hear John Tortorella constantly reference that he is not going to be disappointed or angry with effort and that they're playing with effort. Um, We haven't really seen him come out and say that, there wasn't effort there. Last night he came out and said they were flat to start the game. I feel like that was the most critical thing he said after a game that encapsulated the whole team. Um, he hasn't really come out and blasted their effort as a whole. And in fact, he's been completely the opposite in defending it. Um, so, I mean, he you know, talked yesterday after morning skate about the Montreal game he thought was one of their best played games of the year and that he usually doesn't go in the locker room after the game. And he went in that that game because he wanted everyone to know how happy he was with their team's effort. Um, so. Do we I mean, are we to take every word? Are we going to take this all at face value or do you do we think that he is? behind the scenes, maybe a little more upset with it than he's letting on. I don't know. He's always sort of been a face value guy. Yeah. So that's the way I'm going to take it. Yeah. And they definitely got to get a win here over these next three games. Like you just don't want to let this thing get too much closer to double digits because everyone, including all the guys for the most part in that locker room are going to think last year and you can't have people thinking last season. So that will be the key. And I think a divisional win, these next three games, all divisional opponents, that can do something for confidence in terms of, hey, we beat you know a team within our division that we expect to be pretty good. That'll be the key for the Flyers here coming up. Yeah, and and if you can get one or two wins in these three games, they're against teams that could pro- this could provide you some momentum. Yep. It's one thing if you're beating uh, a Western Conference team that you see twice a year, but if you go out and you beat the Washington Capitals or you beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, the New York Islanders, these are wins that 
can carry on, and you're going to see these teams a good amount of times, despite the fact that Pittsburgh is only in town once this year, which is hard to believe. Truly hard to believe, and it'll yeah. be Friday <laughs> on Black Friday, yeah. uh, day after Thanksgiving, a popular game for Flyers fans, and I think the atmosphere should be pretty good, despite the Flyers struggling right now. And we'll have it all covered right here on the Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Love to be here, right here live in Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. And we'll have plenty more coverage on the podcast coming up after this three and four stretch. But Joe Fordyce, a big thank you as always. A big thank you to Tom Finer, our video producer, and Ben Berry, our podcast producer. And of course, Flyers fans, as always, thank you so much for listening to the Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. Thank <laughs> you.